We are joined by a tourism professor at Otago University, Professor James Hyam. Hello there, Professor. Hello there. Hi, Simon. Hi, Phil. Hello. Great to have you on the show. Can we begin by asking, we just had a caller on that said the airline, international airline industry is responsible for only 3% of carbon emissions. Oh, is that a fact? Uh, yes, that, that's, that's an accurate figure. Um, it sounds very small, doesn't it? Yeah. But uh, in actual fact, it's a very significant proportion of global uh, emissions because um, if it was uh, viewed as a country, it would be one of the top 10 emitting countries in the world. So ah. 3 or 4% sounds quite small, but it's not something that we can ignore if we want to stabilise the climate. Oh, so I that's see what you mean. Yeah, yeah that, that puts it in a different, very different perspective, doesn't it? Well, it does. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the problems that we have on our hands here is that flying in an aeroplane, flying in a jet aircraft, is one of the most efficient ways that an individual can pump carbon into the global atmospheric sink. So, um, and the other fact is that that 4% of emissions is uh, produced by a tiny fraction of the world's population because somewhere in the order of 95% of the world's population has actually never even been into an aeroplane. But a tiny fraction of those, uh, and the, those are, are the people who tend to fly as tourists and fly long haul a lot, are actually flying more and more and more than ever before. So not only is it a, a significant amount of carbon, but it's being produced by a very tiny proportion of very privileged people. Okay, so what's your view then on, on what this uh, chap has said, that if we hike prices for international air travel, that is going to do its bit for the planet? Do you agree with that? So that's uh, Sir Jonathan Porritt, yeah. yes, the yes. Uh, chair of uh, Air New Zealand Sustainability Advisory Panel, and, uh, and obviously, he's uh, following up on a recommendation made by Simon Upton, the Parliamentary Commissioner for the Environment. Yeah. I think both of those people are very astute thinkers, uh, and they recognise that one of the most fundamental threats to our tourism industry in New Zealand is carbon. Right. Uh, because tourism is uh, very valuable to this country in terms of its economic contribution, but every dollar of tourism GDP comes with a very high carbon footprint, and we have to actually... Uh, stop ignoring that and do something about it. And that's what these two people are, are talking about. Mm. James, as an expert in the field, is it your impression that the airline industry is seriously looking at other ways to basically power their planes so they don't leave such a big carbon footprint? Um, that's a really good question uh, because uh, I think the airline industry would like us to believe that. Uh, and, in fact, that's uh, been... Um, the uh, the general impression for the last 30 years or so because uh, climate change and uh, the carbon emissions of aviation are not new. They're not a new problem, but we've been very, very slow to do anything about it. And airlines have talked about uh, technical measures and biofuels and other um, technology interventions that may help to reduce the carbon footprint of flying. But the fact is that nothing significant has been achieved. Um, the jet engine has essentially reached its point of evolutionary sophistication and there are very uh, fractional, very, very fractional further efficiency gains available, but nothing to offset the vast growth in demand for air travel that is driving up those emissions, which kind of brings us back to that four, 3 to 4% figure because as other industries are uh, uh, mitigating their emissions and driving their emissions down that 4% figure will go up very, very quickly with increasing demand and lack of mitigation efforts 
on the part of the aviation industry itself. Very interesting. Slight sort of left of centre angle this uh, professor, Mm -hmm. but I read a couple of very interesting stories about the cruise ship industry and it was raised by a caller before and I'd read that they were burning, you know, up until very recently, burning a lot of dirty oil when they'd come into ports. And of course that's a massive industry, cruise ship industry, you'll be familiar with it being involved in tourism. Do they burn dirty oil or am I wrong on that? Yeah, I'm sorry to say that uh, because I know Kiwis love uh, love cruises, but uh, travelling by cruise ship ha- has an even greater carbon footprint than flying in an aeroplane um, because uh, you can imagine that flying in an aeroplane is relatively efficient per passenger, uh, very little friction in the, uh, in the atmosphere and very few facilities on board, but a cruise ship is like moving a, a floating city effectively with casinos and restaurants and theatres and so forth. They tend to, to burn um, dirty uh, fuels and they also tend to move quite inefficiently because, for example, if you're doing shore excursions each day and then cruising quite slowly between ports like Dunedin and Akaroa or Littleton uh, onto Wellington, mm. you tend to be going at, uh, at a speed that tends to burn a lot of the mis- uh, fuel. And not only that, when in port, the engines continue to burn yeah. uh, to power the facilities on board. So yes, cruise ship uh, is another issue that currently we need to confront because like aviation, maritime transport falls outside of the Paris Agreement. So currently, little or nothing is being done to account for those significant emissions. Professor, it really is great to talk to somebody with your wealth of experience. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Professor James Hyam, Tourism Professor at Otago Uni.